Welcome to Sports Side. Today we have um, heavyweight division boxing. And in the football, we have a review of the three managers uh, that are Mikel Arteta, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Frank Lampard. To kick things off. I'm going straight to the Baron on Deontay Wilder's latest comments. Uh, I would say excuses, but Deontay Wilder's latest uh, Twitter post on why he lost to Fury. Baron, take it away. <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of people are uh, are saying that he should be sectioned. His career is truly over now. He probably won't get um, the big fight that he wants with Tyson Fury anymore. I think there was talk from the WBC of opening a new weight division after discussions with, with Wilder. I don't know how much of that is uh, true. <laughs> weight division for what? For uh, a, a new weight division because uh, they were talking to Wilder about... Um, uh, trying about... to say that uh, Fury is a super heavyweight and shouldn't be in the heavyweight exactly. division. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I must know have missed I... that one. I didn't see that one. I heard some of his... So just to remind the, the listeners, what has he claimed? So I heard, obviously, there's been quite a lot of stuff, right? First, there was the costume. It was too heavy. He hadn't <laughs> tried... It was the first time he tried it on. Uh, and his yeah, muscles were gone already in the second round because of the costume, apparently. And then uh, what was the next one? I heard uh, he was claiming... There was too many. I've, I've lost count. Oh, yeah. There, there was... Um, he was claiming that uh, Fury had extra weight in the, in, in the gloves. In the gloves, so, right? Some met- metallic object or egg weight, exactly. he was saying. Just the reason why the side of my face swelled up in an egg weight form. Yeah, like these little balls that yeah. you fit to the glove. So God knows what else. But I mean, so there was there was the other one as well, right? That Mark Breland, his coach, the one he sacked, apparently oh, was yeah. a <laughs> was a turn cloak behind closed doors, and uh, yeah, it spiked his water. Yeah, poisoned his water, took a payoff, all of it. <laughs> so so can we give any merit to any of these claims? No, no, for me, I think he's just, you know, he's just embarrassed himself. And I think going into hiding, not talking to anyone or, or doing any social media for about a month. Um, I think he, he ran out his his clause for a rematch. I think there was a time limit on that. And that was uh, a, a fight to be agreed in, in November. There's things about like uh, Tyson Fury um, not filling up his whole glove and punching him round about where the, where the wrist strap is. Right, and yeah. The palm is sort of exposed, right? So Yeah, so, something like slapping him and, and scratching. I think the term he used in his video post, scratching the flesh out of his <laughs> yeah. ear. <laughs> the thing is, right, like Tyson Fury was doing some dirty play. It's it's not forbidden in boxing, but the referee did dock him a point late on for some of his shenanigans. Um, but it was, you know, it's just experienced boxer doing yeah. some obvious stuff, you know. He's yeah. a lot heavier than Deontay Wilder. And one thing that was very clear to, I think, most viewers is that he was leaning on him a lot. So any opportunity they had to get in the clinch, he was resting his head on Deontay Wilder's shoulders and trying to push down to try and... Uh, oh, the game. Out. And I think that had a huge effect. That was a big factor in the win, but obviously not the only factor. Yeah, no, 100%. It, I think it's within, uh, it can be deemed as dirty tactics. However, I think it's well within his, his right to do yeah, that. It's, it's one of these things, it's right? Part of the it's game, not yeah. an official outlaw thing, but then at exactly. the same time, it is supposed to be a gentleman's sport. So it's, it falls into that kind of category, which is why he <laughs> yeah. did get Dr. Point late on for it. But it wasn't enough to get him disqualified or anything yeah. illegal. Exactly. Um, exactly. But who was it? Steve Cunningham, who Tyson Fury beat a few years back um, in a very similar fashion, actually. It was a very, very similar fight to the Deontay Wilder one where Steve Cunningham, well, actually... Steve Cunningham was actually doing very well in the fight. He was taking the, the fight, fight to Fury. Like the first fight in a yeah, he fight. was taking the fight to, to Fury. But Fury did start doing this, uh, putting his whole body on Steve Cunningham. And then after a few rounds, it just became a brawling because the size of Tyson Fury is just humongous, right? He is mm. a different weight class from these, these other heavyweights. I think Joshua was a bit heavier, but he went lighter, right, against Ruiz in his last fight, and he looked his best ever. Yeah, so. yeah he wanted to be a bit lighter to move around a little bit more. So yeah. I, do you think he will pack on some uh, some weight to go back in with Fury, or do you think he Hundreds. will stay to his strength sort of thing, try to stay nimble on his feet? Probably, probably a little bit more than what he uh, he, yeah. I think he, uh, he did he fought last time, but um, but um, I. 
going back to Deontay Wilder, mate, it's embarrassing <laughs> some of the things that he said and either he's he's really well, I mean you can look at it this way, potentially, right? Is is no one would be talking about him if he wasn't talking absolute nonsense. So maybe he's really trying to sell a fight, trying to make all these excuses to put some doubt in people's head to say, okay, it wasn't a fair fight. Gloves, jacket, injury, disloyal staff member, putting <laughs> water in it, putting poison is water thrown in a, <laughs> thrown in a towel yeah. uh, on purpose i mean this guy this i don't think there's anyone in, in in this guy's camp that that can talk to him and actually manage him because i just think he's managing himself and yeah, yeah. they they realized they fucked up right with the contract i think it was genuinely a mistake that he was just healing didn't want anything to talk about the business side of the game for a little while and then realized that actually the rematch clause had expired and they just completely fucked up. Uh, and now he's doing everything. I don't think people who get paid millions would, would fuck that up. I just think there's something wrong there. Deontay's yeah, got, maybe he's got an injury, but yeah, you say that, but isn't it, who's his, who's his management? Is it Bob Aram or was that just yeah, wrong? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, they're, they're the same I think sort they of... split, right? So I think yeah. that's kind of half of the problem there. So we're not really given any credit to any of the claims. I did see some Zero. funny glove action, but I think uh, it wasn't really that Fury was trying to do anything funny. I think it's just the way he fights. He's. I heard um, his old trainer, Ben, was, was saying, right, that he's kind of throwing some sort of slappy punches just to kind of get their other person's attention. So Deontay Wilder is always looking at that fake hand and trying to hit the glove rather than, uh, yeah, so to keep that right, it's, you know, um, his haymaker occupied, right? It's not illegal to That's more, I think that's more that. for range, you know? That's more to say, hey, this is your range. <laughs> He's yeah, just you lining up that hip. eight feet forward to try and get close to me. Yeah. yeah I mean, you true. can punch from any any part of the glove anyway, so it's not yeah. it's not illegal. That's not illegal, what he did. Within his rights. Yeah. <laughs> Again, within the law. If I'm being honest, I think that any other ref with any other fighter in the ring would have actually stopped the fight a lot sooner. I think the ref gave Deontay Wilder a lot of time to do something only because of his incredible record of knockouts. Yeah, and I, th- I think that Mark deserves deserves an award for, for throwing in the towel. Imagine... Yeah, saving you know, his fighters for someone like Wilder who would probably want to die on his sword. Yeah. But for, for me, he, he deserves to be a, a special mention because, 100%. you know, Deontay Wilder could have got seriously hurt there because... He was stumbling around. He looked unbalanced. He was taking punishment after punishment, and and there was no way he was ever going to get back in that fight. Yeah. So who else has been busy in the heavyweight division? Usyk Chisora. That was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Usyk um, <laughs> fighting more of a tried and tested heavyweight in in Derek Chisora. Mixed feelings on on that one. Um, I know uh, a big Usyk fan is Baron there, so let's go to him and see what he thought. <laughs> yeah, it it could have gone very badly wrong early in in the in the round. To be honest, it, uh, the fir- first few rounds was a very worrying times for Usyk. He did really well to clinch, but he looked very uncomfortable. Kind of looked like a bit of a bar fight in the in the beginning that he was kind of holding on and he kind of looked a bit confused. However, he weathered the storm and great fight and great performance at the end. He was picking him off. Chisora looked just exhausted, looked really unfit. I mean, I think uh, it's not really that he's unfit. I think just because Uzik is you know, he's not a heavyweight, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's coming up with just energy that the heavyweights are not going to be used to. And that's going to be a yeah. real struggle for a lot of fighters. <laughs> Usyk made him look unfit then. I, yeah. guess. I think it's the fittest Chisora's ever been. <laughs> I think so as well, yeah. Hope you guys are hungry, man. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, for me, it just seemed like a bit of a, yeah, it was, it, for me, it was quite one-sided. Chisora was coming forward a lot, putting the pressure, but there's there's coming forward and putting sustained pressure and there's coming forward and getting smacked in the face time and time again, you know, so... <laughs> But yeah, I don't give him too I, much credit I, I, for pushing thought, I the fight. I thought you guys were harsh on on uh, when we were chatting about it. I thought uh, I thought Chisora won quite a lot of them early rounds. You know, Chisora's style is always going to get come forward and take licks. Mm-hmm. You know, he just always wants to give it and put pressure on and get into a m- bit more of a slugfest in a boxing match. If, if you look at it, if he would have won two more rounds, he would have won the fight, according to the judges. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, even Eddie Hearn was laughing at that, and a uh, yeah. lot of lot of the other uh... Eddie Hearn thought it was close, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, really? 
Bailey. Uh, For me, it oh, didn't yeah, so, seem like a close fight. Nah, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. I thought it, maybe three rounds in it. I wasn't impressed with Usyk. I think Eddie I, Hearn said that to make uh, Chisora feel better because he tends to sometimes, you can tell that he's only like consoling the other guy, kind of saying the, the stuff that he wants to He represents to both of them though, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, well done, mate. You know, it was a really close match, but he knew it wasn't close. I mean, a lot of the guys, they were saying, uh, t- I mean, Tony Bellew, is, of course he's going to say he thought Chisora won, but you know. I like Tony Bellew. I like Tony Bellew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I I hate him. I've seen too I've seen too many videos of him on, on uh, online, too many interviews. He's he's even made a joke now. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna make sure that I go home to my wife and kids uh, in after every interview that he does. Because <laughs> it come, come, come from the Usyk fight, he was on a bit. He was still knocked out right when he was talking essentially yeah. after the fight, giving yeah, him he's... kisses after kisses. I think for about half an hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, what about our man Dillian? He took a bit of a pasting, right? Well, he was given a bit of a pasting and then just took a nice punch. I don't call that a lucky punch from Povetkin. He set that shot up and he landed it beautifully. He's done it many times, so it's not a lucky punch. It's a, heavy, it's a heavyweight punch, right? Anything can change in a split second, right? It was a quality uh, shot. Well, it wasn't just like a hit and hope. No, no, no he's, he's, his left hook and his uppercut is good. But then, you know, for me, I think Dillian White. The thing that's really annoyed me about White recently is he's, he likes to comment on, on Fury. He likes to comment on Wilder. I think he just needs to get his own shit together right now. <laughs> yeah. to. Well, who's he going to fight now? Yeah, the Povetkin uh, got called off, right? So because of Corona, yeah. Povetkin tested positive. So that fight's been cancelled. And now you've got White looking for an opponent. You've got Fury looking for a opponent, opponent. And uh, Derek Chisora is trying to put his name in the hat for, to... I'd like, I'd like to see that just that happen, you know. I know Chisora actually went uh, and called when he found out about the, the cancellation. He tried to get Eddie Hearn to try and make that fight two weeks after <laughs> after fighting Usyk. He wanted he wanted that fight, and then you've got to be fair. To, like one thing you got to give uh, Chisora credit for, right? A guy with ten losses on his record still managing to get himself in the hat for these big fights. Yeah, he's the uh, oh funny. Did you see, uh, who's the guy on Talk Sport? Is it Simon Jordan? Simon Jordan, the, Chris, the former Chris Palace owner. Yeah, him. Oh, him, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he had Chisora on Talk Sport and it was really interesting. I listened to that, listened to it a couple, a couple of days ago. And like Simon Jordan pretty much says it how it is, right? I didn't like him and his personality when he had Robbie from AFTV on there. Uh, <laughs> but I read what he said. He said Chisora is a, uh, is a top heavyweight. He's just not an elite heavyweight. He's the, the gatekeeper for the rest right i think he's one of the best of the rest but he's not in any of the for me he's not obviously a top five or six heavyweight um, and when he does fight the the clitch goes the furies he's fought Fury, obviously fury twice he's fought in white twice and he's fought Usyk. he just falls short but he, you know he's, he's the guy you favorite. call when you want to make your name right he's the guy you know that will <laughs> entertain the fans both in the pre-match conferences mm-hmm. and in the ring he puts on a show as well you know he does come at you he will throw some leather but you know you're, he's not going to knock you out he's not going to beat you over 10 rounds or 12 rounds yeah i i i, I love i love i'll always tune into one of his fights yeah, you know, he's in the ring, as he always says war i just hate you know, i really hate david hey I, I would last a few <laughs> Over the last few years, he's just, he over-promotes, he loves his work. That's his job, right? Always promises a barnstormer. Fuck off, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to come in his pocket. No, I actually nobody ever likes the promoters. Wanted him to, no, but he's an idiot. And then he starts talking about, you know, Dylan White owes Chisora a third fight. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't, mate. Just fuck off. <laughs> he pisses me off, mate. Oh, and you know this that and the other and i wish hay had a bit of more heart like 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 chisora did in some of his fights what do you think about david hay and his peak would he have, would he stand a chance to beat fury or uh, anthony joshua for the belts i think so nah not fury no way i really wanted to see him fight fury i think he would have beaten fury he, he got scared of fury he was scared they canceled, they canceled their fight twice i don't think they? he got yeah. scared at all uh, because... he was he was definitely scared it respects him a lot and uh, well, i think now yeah no, yeah, yeah, he backed down out of the bet from Fury's dad, didn't he? Like 40 or 80 <laughs> yeah. grand or something, saying that Deontay Wilder would knock him out. But obviously, he sparred with Wilder, right? I but think now, he had a lot of respect for Wilder's power. That was clear. Anytime you listen to Hay, it was clear that he had a lot of respect for Wilder's power. Yeah. 
He did. Oh yeah. But you know, he, I, I love. I, I'm a massive fan of David Hay. I think could have um, definitely uh, could have beaten some of these guys like Wilder or Joshua Fury. I think would have been like exactly like the way Klitschko beat um, David Hay. It'd just be exactly like that jab, jab. That's that's it. You know, over twelve rounds. So yep. we got uh, the last one: Anthony Joshua fighting uh, Kubra Pulev, December the twelfth. How do you see that one going? Standard seventh, eighth round knockout. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> does he, but does you he know what, right? Kubrat Pulev still only has one loss on his record, right? And that was Klitschko. So he's not, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. He's been around a long time, and uh, yeah, he's he's getting uh, on a I, bit. Baron's got no losses on his record. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated in the ring. Who, who's he fought? Like I don't know. Nah, Joshua will win that one. I mean, I mean, how how old is Pulev? About he's, he's getting he's in forty, right? I think. I, think, I thought he's about 52, mate. He's a child. <laughs> but also, they're all like, none of them are like spring chickens, right? There's only like Daniel Dubois coming up, maybe, who's a bit on the younger side. Who? Uh, <laughs> Baron, who's Daniel Dubois? Daniel Dubois is going to be a heavyweight champion in, in a few years' time. How many years? Daniel Dubois will be heavyweight champion of the world when, Baron? What year? I'm going to say in 2022. 2022. You heard it here first. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Get your money on that. Get your money. A, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a cheeky piece. bet on that one. I'll take those odds. The scary thing is Frank Warren doesn't seem like he, he's going to hold him back. Like, he really yeah. wants the big fights right now. It, it could be dangerous. That, who's Dubois' next fight? Joe Joyce. Really, Top. really, really fucking big. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like he he's, he said that he's ready to fight um fight Wilder. You know, he's ready to fight Fury. This was this was like what they say and do is two different things, man. <laughs> Another promoter. No, 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 no. No one ever says like the young guy to to fight some uh, established heavyweight just straight away. No, no one, no one does that, you know. But um, D- Daniel Dubois kind of like you know a bit like a bit like Mike Tyson, really, you know. Oh, like very reminiscent of classic. Baron. <laughs> Mate, I hate these comments. Just because someone has a good <laughs> knockout ratio against fucking builders, they end up being compared to Mike Tyson and not what. No, his it's just, his it's, movement is nothing like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was a freak of nature and there will well, never be Frank, another Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some power. Like the thing is, like you would give him a chance against any of the big guys, because if he can land his shot. He can hurt people for sure. But obviously, I think Joe Joyce will be a good test for him because Joe Joyce isn't an easy person to knock out. Exactly. Um, he gave Usyk a very good fight, right? But he just doesn't have the power to knock the other guy out either. So I think he's a good opponent for Dubois to see a little bit of what he's really about. I mean, uh, Joe Joyce is going to go to hospital. <laughs> In the third round, he's going to get knocked out really badly. Get well soon, um, Joyce. <laughs> if you look at the uh, press conference and um it's just just so like boring to watch isn't it they are very very boring i i hope i hope that uh dubois gets a bit of character with age because at the moment <laughs> fucking uh, yeah, yeah yeah i know isn't it? he needs to get the baron as his promoter right <laughs> yeah exactly we're still waiting for a uh, an opponent for fury who do you think should well, like... it, it's simple like Fury's not going to take a dangerous fight he's there's already rumors of him fighting someone that even chisora has beat so that seems, oh, <laughs> that seems like the that most thing. likely yeah so i i don't see he's not going to take a big risk i don't know what white was doing he was number one contender for like five I years want, I, I don't see why they don't get white put white up in there exactly i would love that i think white's got some business at hand all right he's got to avenge his losses he's, but do, do you really see like a, a real pay-per-view big line uh, event happening in corona times do you think anthony joshua and tyson fury are going to fight with no crowd i don't see that at all, at all happening I, <laughs> good point they'll probably do like no fans in abu dhabi right make some money and then do the second the rematch in the uk with the full crowd hopefully <laughs> i think eddie will have a little phone call with his mate the shake right and uh, <laughs> that's gonna happen in abu dhabi or sometime soon all right let's get going uh with the uh, football now okay i know we've got probably got a lot to say i know <laughs> Baron will have a lot to say, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna review each manager. You know, we've got Frank Lampard, Mikel Arteta, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We're gonna talk about various different things: squads, inherited budget, signings, current strengths, weaknesses, and position. So I'm gonna let this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Mr. Tank open it up with with his thoughts. Mr. Tank. <laughs> Who should we start with? Should we start with Mr. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yeah. He's done his 100 games recently, right? 
he managed to get them in the Champions League. I think a big, big achievement for the squad that he had at the time. He managed to get Bruno Fernandes over in January last year, right? And that really catapulted them to get that last place. He won three trophies with Mulder. Managed to win the league over there. And one thing that's really not talked about too much is that he was actually managing Man United before he went over to Mulder and even before he managed Cardiff, right? He was managing the under-23 squad. He's been around Manchester United for most of his life, really. But I, I think the problem with Oli, I think most people are having is he, j- he just won his last game, right? And every time it seems like his job's on the line, the players actually turn up for him. Absolute joke. But how do you get yeah. those players to turn up for him the other games, the in-between games, you know? He's done okay, but I the big question for me with Oli is not really like his league position. I, I just don't see him standing much of a chance in the big games against the big managers with good teams. You know, he doesn't seem. To, I don't see a real plan there. There's not really any tactical masterclasses I've seen from Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. They have beaten some big teams along the way, but it seems to be just Rashford or Fernandez. Some of these players dragging them out of a bad situation and managed to get the win. You don't see Man United dominating teams the way they used to do under Ferguson um, or even being as efficient as they were under Mourinho, in my opinion. So I think, for me, I think Oli's time is up. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't really give him much more time. Um, lots been said about Ed Woodward, right? Oli has had how much money to spend? Like hundreds and hundreds of millions. So it's not like he hasn't been backed, in my opinion. What do you think, Baron? No, I agree with that. Um, well, most of what you said, I think it's more about him rather than the team that that he has. Um, the, in terms of like the results, if the team struggles, I think it's more down to to his tactics rather than the players that they have. Maybe it's a centre back partner. Uh, Maguire would be um, would be the one sort of key area that they could get someone in in January. Maybe I was going to say yeah. In the, I, my assessment in the beginning of the season of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting sacked at the end of the season, but coming forth. Um, I want to take that. <laughs> I want to. I want to take that back a little bit. Okay. Um, I think he's going to get sacked before the end of the season. Walking I think back on that. Yeah, I'm walking back on that. I think the sacking will happen um, during the season. He's good in the big games in terms of having a defensive uh, setup and then a good counter-attacking option. I think he's well set up for the big games. Playing two defensive midfielders. I mean, what is that about? Like McTominay and Fred consistently, and even having Matic on the bench. I think Matic is better than those two. But then, um, then Pogba and Van der Beek on on the bench. He's Van der Beek really is well. an odd one, right? What, what's yeah. that about? Like you buy a top quality player, he's playing amazing for exactly. Ajax. Um, comes in the team. Obviously, it takes some players time to settle, but yeah. the little minutes <laughs> I've seen of Van der Beek, he exactly. looks good. Exactly. Every time I see him play, he looks he looks amazing, and he looks like he makes a massive difference in the team. But um, I think he's failing to use the quality that he has available. Do you think Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp? would win the Premier League or at least challenge for the title with no new signings. Yeah, I think I think uh, Jurgen would win it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you're saying that really, it really is the manager, that another manager, a top manager in place should yeah. be competing for the title. Even if they don't sign a new centre-back or whatever. Exactly. I think they've got enough sort of options to to deal with that, to be honest. Even if, like, Lindelof's not the worst player in the world. Yeah, they can improve. um, They can improve on him. But, like, for example, Chelsea got Zuma and Thiago Silva. They they complement each other. They can make it work. And uh, even Arsenal having David Luiz. You know, David Luiz is a great player. All right, all right. May, may, may. We're talking about Man United right now. He he has two seconds and he wanders off to Chelsea <laughs> and then goes over to David Luiz, a former Chelsea player. That's an Amanda Matic. She just. <laughs> I didn't realise that. <laughs> Don't worry, we do. We'll come to Chelsea later. Let's go over to Domi. Domi, what's your assessment? I don't know how he keeps doing it, but. You know, whenever he's in hot water, the players sort of get him out of it. Um, let's not forget, like they went to they went to PSG away and won in the Champions League. Their away form is is very, very, very strong. Towards the end of last year, they you know, obviously they finished third, which I think is a fantastic achievement. Uh, however, I just don't see him being the manager that's going to take him on to the next level. Their home form is is dreadful right now. I don't think they've won at home all year. I think out of out of the three, the one closest to losing their job is him. All right. Do you think there's a case for him keeping his job? Um, I think there is. I think there is. I mean, he's, he pulls out results out of his ass, and and it could just be. <laughs> 
it just could be something where, you know, they need to start, you know, complementing their away form with their home form. And it could be a little bit of a change. I know that he's changed system to a 4-4-2 diamond. So uh, I, I just don't know if he knows what his strongest team is yet or his strongest formation. I don't think he'll last a year. The, the standards of of style and quality and success at Man United for me is is too big for him and I think as Roy Keane would say I think those players are going to get him fired and it also doesn't help with the fact that he kind of gives off a uh, a weaker sort of character personality vibe you know so obviously uh Mauricio Pochettino is the name being thrown about at the moment obviously never won a trophy as a manager either um, I knew you were going to throw that one straight. <laughs> a classic tank. What, what, do you think that would be a good appointment for United? I think so from a stylistic standpoint. I think so. So if I, you said from a stylistic point of view, so if I was to throw you that back to you as an Arsenal fan, would you be happy to play good football if it meant not winning trophies? No, I think I think no, no. I I want to want to try and win. I know you're trying to bait me for the later discussion. But, um... <laughs> well, let's move over now. What do you make of Arteta? Sort of towards the back end of the of the year, you know, I, I felt Arteta has done a fantastic job. Part of the reason behind that is. I think out of the three squads, Chelsea's, Man United's and Arsenal, I think ours is the weakest. I think we've got a lot more deadwood. I think we've got a lot more players that haven't played at the high, at a higher level. Um, and I think it's more of a transition off the field, infra- infrastructure, contracts, standards within the club. And there's been a lot of bad in, in the last 10 years in terms of transfer policies, selling our best players, not getting players tied down to contracts. So I think there's a lot of change going on behind the scenes. So for us to come out and, and win the FA Cup, win the Community Shield, those are fantastic achievements for him. Beating Manchester City uh, and then beating um, Chelsea, right? I think that's a fantastic achievement. And then obviously then beating Liverpool, you know, th- three times out of four, one of them being in the community shield, one of them being in the, in the, in the league there, one being uh, in the, in, is it in the Carling Cup, right? Or mm-hmm. Carabao Cup, Calypso sure. Cup, wherever it's called in these days. <laughs> but, um, it's been changed again, right? Yeah. So if you were to put like one big critique on Arteta, like if you were saying this is uh, the thing which I think he's getting wrong, what would it be? I I don't I'm not a big fan of the the three four three formation with with Arsenal. I think uh, there's definitely a lack of creativity within our club. I know um, we try to get that awa from was it Leon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a definite hole within that. Now within the three four three, there's no natural, there's no ten, there's no player playing behind some of these quality players. I think that we we have, you know, the Pepe's, the the Lacazette up until maybe three or four weeks ago that. Are Bamiangs and stuff. There's no one looking to try and thread passes, break lines, make something out of nothing there. You know, when you have your your Thomas Partey and your Jackers and um, maybe less than an extent Ceballos, we don't really have someone, though, you know, threading balls in higher up the field, in my opinion. I would like to see maybe a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or something like that for us, where we um, where we do sacrifice a little bit defensively. But I think with the Gabriel signing, we're, we're, you know, I think we're a little bit more assured. I think from a, from a system standpoint and from a stylistic standpoint, point like the old ass you know because i think we flipped on the head right we also had arsenal venga years where we'd play really really good football win a game three two or potentially lose a game but we were always entertained and then yeah. now we're we're at the <laughs> same the other way. to shore things up defensively with arteta i understand you got i know i'm coaching myself i always like to work back to front he's working on the defensive side and and now the substance and the attacking flair the creativity the excitement around arsenal's definitely wane so not to say that all of the problems would be solved with a system change definitely think he needs to shake things up in the forward positions as players that i don't think are are getting played when they should have i just like arsenal to be a little bit more entertaining than they currently are i don't i don't remember really a game this season where i thought wow maybe yeah. except maybe fulham um <laughs> but okay, i mean yeah okay should, should i take over I think, on, yeah, <laughs> I think like we're, it's kind of being a bit harsh in terms of uh, the first few games of this season. So he's got uh, about four wins, four losses, right? And yeah. the losses have come to Man City, Liverpool, Leicester. So those three, I think, are acceptable losses for any team in the division, right? You would, you might expect yourself to get the win, the win against Leicester, but you, it could happen. You're more aware that that's a potential outcome, I think. So I think Aston Villa was the big slip up this season, obviously the most recent game as well. But generally, I think the fixtures have been tough, and I think that's forced him to coach a different system or to play very cautiously. 
and they're having a little struggle to get back to free-flowing ways. I don't think we have seen free-flowing for a long time. The only free-flow, the last time we saw free-flowing football was under Unai Emery, and that led to Norwich having 40 shots on goal. So <laughs> I'm prepared to wait a little bit longer, uh, and I think Arsenal fans should be as well for the free-flowing football. I think you're right. Get the back sorted and build from there. I think Gabriel... Partey, they walk into every Premier League team at the moment. I would say Man City could use a strong centre-back and a pacey centre-back, someone good on the ball, um, and someone strong in midfield. I think Liverpool as well, especially with Van Dijk and Fabinho out, it's no question. Um, and even when those two are fit, you know, you're saying uh, who's Van Dijk's partner, Gomez or Matip. So I think still Gabriel walks in there. So I think they've done well to get two core signings down the spine of the team. So I think great, great additions there. I think William so far has been a terrible signing. He was Chelsea's most creative player last year and one of the most creative players in the league. But we haven't seen that at all from him except on his debut. And I think most of those, mm-hmm. there was a couple of assists, but they were pretty much corners. So, And I think he's also, he's got this kind of reputation as being a hardworking midfield player, right? Someone who tracks back, someone who gets in tackles and hurries players. But I haven't seen any of this. I've seen him do anything, especially defensively, where... He's keeping Pepe out of the team. When every time Pepe shows up, he's definitely creating chances, definitely getting goals and assists, and he's looking a real threat. So I think that's one position for sure that should be replaced. I think Lacazette, we've seen the the end of him. I don't think uh, he's going to produce any top class performances anymore. He doesn't seem to have the legs. Um, the problem is, what do you do next? Because Aubameyang can't is shit at hold up play as well, so he can't really play down the middle as a hold up striker. Nketiah, that's not his strong suit either. So essentially, if we go with a Bamiyang or Nketiah down the middle, you have to play everything on the deck, which is the way most modern football is these days, but it does limit, you know, you saw what Ollie Watkins did to Arsenal the other day, very strong, pushing himself all over, holding, and even Gabriel, you know, really giving him, getting in the wars. We don't have that player. We let Giroud obviously go to Chelsea. And I think you could have kept that kind of player around. I don't think Arsenal got much money for Giroud to Chelsea, right? So I think that's a player that they really should have kept around. Yeah, I think he definitely, like you said, inherited the worst squad of the three managers. He took he took over and they were eighth place, I think, at the time. And they also finished eighth, but they did win those two trophies. He's the only manager of the two of the three that we're discussing that won trophies with his team, and he's also been with the shortest time. Uh, interestingly, he actually also has the most points per game ratio out of the three. So the game, the amount of games that they've played, he's the one who's got the most points. So he has, yeah, two points per game ratio at the moment for Arsenal. Definitely a lot better than Emery and Jumberg, that's for sure. So I think in, overall he's doing a very good job. He shored us up and he definitely needs another window at least. What do you think, Baron? Take it away. Uh, when did Arteta join? December, yeah, December the 22nd. Okay, um, Roberto Di Matteo took charge of Chelsea um, <laughs> on March, March 2012, and he won two trophies as well. Yeah, so uh, somebody did all the hard work for him to get him into, <laughs> the, to get him into those finals or semi-finals. So, uh, <laughs> just wanted to uh, yeah, yeah. bring that in, like the two trophies <laughs> he won as well. He got sacked uh, the following season. But did Di Matteo have a better squad though? Uh, yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, but having having said that. Uh, Arteta has implemented a, a style that works for Arsenal and to get results. Do you think that's Arteta's style or do you think that's Arteta's style for now with what he's got? I think it's probably, I would like to say that it's a style for, for now as opposed to like defining him being a defensive coach. But um, I mean, he's worked under Guardiola for a while. So um, How many trophies has Guardiola won, by the way, since Arteta left? <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> Arteta's Arteta's done well, but I don't I don't like this tinkering with the players and putting them into weird sort of positions and um, kind of messing around a little bit. Uh, Aubameyang on on the wing and uh, put Lacazette in the middle uh, as as a main striker. Aubameyang's only scored one goal this season. Kurt Zuma has scored three. In the Premier League or in all competitions? Oh no no sorry is it two is it two? He scored oh, anyway. more than one that's for sure. Okay it's two two yeah. goals. Kurt Zuma scored three in Premier League. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to bet who finishes with the most at the end of the season? Or? <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that in there. You know the Aston Villa de- defeat. It's, it's got to be it's his fault. 
It's his fault. He it's did just, take blame for that, though, yeah. yeah. I agree with the dog meat there about um, not having the strongest squad compared to the other two. That That is true. I, I looked on the bench and I'm like, who, who are these guys? But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> what do you make of um, what's happened with the likes of Uzil and Wendozi, Torreira even? Uh, Torreira leaving and then Partey coming. That was good business. But, that's great. It's, Do you think uh, it really says something about like Arteta though, with his man management? Oh yeah, it does actually. Yeah, because I think he seems a bit cutthroat. He's very. Um, I, I like the way he speaks post-match in- interviews. He's, he's a straightforward character. Arteta and Lampard. We'll, we'll talk about him later, but they, they're very, very good with the media. Yeah, and in explaining exactly um, what happened in the squad and what went wrong, it seems like he's very good at yeah. uh, explaining his philosophy to the players. But if this, I think Gwendouzi probably didn't get it. Ozil, I think he's a scapegoat, and I and I don't agree with 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 all this. What's happening with him? If Arteta has has something uh, in that, Mesut alongside you here was the uh, man of the match. Ah, he's very important for the team. I don't know if it's it's Arteta's decision or the clubs, if, right? the yes. club. I mean, you could be screaming for a player like that to be playing even if he comes off the bench I mean yeah. you should you need that kind of play especially in the Aston Villa match you needed someone to actually you know play those diagonal balls or whatever those yeah. balls all over the pitch Arteta um, seems to stand by the decision to say that it was his decision yeah. but yeah. Uh, at the I same time if you... I, I don't think it's being mismanaged at all I, I'll go a bit late. <laughs> but at the same time Arteta that. did play him in every single game until lockdown and then there was the whole pay dispute and then he didn't yeah. play him in a game since so it's a bit of a coincidence. I, right? yeah, to be honest, I forgot about the pay dispute thing. To yeah. be honest, but um, about the the, the whole uh, bad business seems like bad business for for China or something like he. Right. He's, right. Always, he's always been a different egg than everybody else, right? Or something. Uh, you know, I think Aaron Ramsey came out and said that you know Ozil was always in Arsene Wenger's office asking for days off, asking for this, asking for that. <laughs> and then when you're when you're a manager and you, I think you've got to be strong. I think there's something more than whatever the the media's letting out. Out and they're using that as a thing but I fully would agree if it if it was his decision and he doesn't bring him back I've got no problem with it so to throw it back on both of you now then so I, I don't think anybody is really calling for Arteta's job right now right but what would you say is the minimum that he should achieve this season uh, <laughs> um, at the minimum um, he finished eighth last year I would say for me, I would say fifth. So if he finishes sixth, you're calling for his head? Uh, it depends how we do in the Europa or FA Cup and all the other stuff as well. Okay. And if there is a general like, oh, shoot, you know, we're starting to get it. We're starting to be a little bit more fluid. We start to got, we've got a little bit more of a system. We've got more of a spine. He's already shown, mm-hmm. which is really good. I don't think we mentioned, or maybe you did, is he's shown that against the big teams away from home or at home that we don't get bullied um and then we compete so yeah i like that it's progress i just want to see a little bit more of some of the the sexy football that i'm used to watching at arsenal the entertaining football <laughs> yeah you haven't had one of those once matches in it when a while yeah i do miss the Bengal. <laughs> i have to be honest <laughs> yeah well he's he loves william and it all right right let's let's move on let's go over to <laughs> last and finally frank lampard Let's start off with Dolby. Okay, all right. Fat Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Go and sit down, fat boy. Um, Mr. Lampard, I'll tell you what, I, I, you know, I, I mean, if we had this conversation three weeks ago, I would have said Lampard would have been up against it. But I think fairly recently he shored up the defence. I thought last year they finished fourth. So for him and losing Hazard in that year, I think that was a, a decent a decent crack at it in in his first year. I do think that they were, you know, a little bit naive, lost a lot of games, won a lot of games similar to Arsenal start this year. He's bought a new goalkeeper. He's added some experience with Thiago Silva back there, Max Zuma. I'm very surprised. Something's gone wrong with Rudiger there because I thought he was Chelsea's easily Chelsea's best defender last year. But currently fifth, he won four, you know, drawn three, three, only lost one this year. Yeah. Um, recently they've kept was it maybe um six six out of seven clean sheets or something like that maybe baron will tell me that one <laughs> he's got it all prepared don't worry what, what, what's I, that what, what's that i i I've, <laughs> I've, I've definitely seen i've out of all of the three teams i think chelsea play the most entertaining and attractive football that i've seen out of the three teams and still think lampard inherited a better squad 
Definitely oh, I don't know about that. Definitely. Yeah. You, don't think, you don't think Lampard got uh, inherited a better squad than Arsenal? Did you, did you not just say you didn't even know who our players were on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think actually I'll take over actually. No, I, let me finish. Let me finish. Go on, Lampard, go on. right? Lampard, right? I think he he didn't have no transfer market in his first year. I give him that. All right, finishing fourth. Uh, I think he's under huge pressure with him spending 250 million this transfer market. I think he's come away a little bit away from developing the youth and bringing the youth in. So I think he's lost a little bit of his his credibility there. So, uh, again, we'll see. For me, if he don't, they don't finish in the top three this year, chop, chop, chop. <laughs> top three? Yeah. Why, that, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me there. Why, if, he, why if, he gets, if he gets top four, if he finishes fourth. Well, if he finishes fourth, it's the exact same as last year, but he spent 250 million more. How's that? Progress, <laughs> but enough of the sack. Yeah, fire him. <laughs> you know I mean? I mean, what is the what is the life expectancy of Chelsea managers anyway? Is it like yeah, that's true? Go on, uh, you want to take over? Go on, Tank. So yeah, actually, I really do not like this narrative that Frank Lampard hasn't had any money even before this season. Let's start with Baron. <laughs> Baron. If I had to ask you, how much is Mason Mount worth? How much would you say? He's worth about... Oh, my God. That's a loaded question. 70 million, 80 million? 78 million. How much is Abraham worth? 40 million. Timori? Uh, 20 million. Uh, who am I forgetting, though? Me? Pulisic? Oh, he's 70. Are you, Co- what, are you, going, are you going position or youth here? Kovacic? Kovacic, I would say uh, 50. So, I don't know what that adds up to, but a hell of a lot of money. Of money. <laughs> And none of them were playing at Chelsea before Frank Lampard arrived, okay? So not only did he inherit the squad that was left over to him, he also got about 200 million worth of loan signings come back to the club for him to use. Plus Kovacic as a permanent deal, okay? Pulisic coming into the team after his injury the previous season, right? So it was basically his first season under Frank Lampard. So Frank Lampard, on top of all of that, has just spent as much as, like Tommy just said, 250 more million. So he's almost had like half a billion worth of talent coming to the club since he's been at the club. Yeah, they, but Chelsea they finished they finished fourth the season before, and they finished no, sorry, they finished third the season before, and they finished fourth with Frank Lampard as their manager in his first season. So I'm with Dogme. I think there's big expectations. Roman Abramovich doesn't stand about. He's got a lot to prove, a lot to do. I don't really see any tactical masterclasses. He really is like you know, like Dogme said a few weeks back, like the spoiled kid who uh, just been given all the shiny toys and, you know, go and do what you like with them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agree with Dobby. They do play good football and it's getting better. Like, you, they're obviously a lot of new players, so they need time to bed in and get the get it all clicking perfectly. But there is definitely good signs of that. I do see that. I think Ross Barkley letting him go might not have been the best decision, but I do think he's not going to be a big loss. I do think you have similar players. Uh, Chelsea have similar players who can produce similar performances. Yeah, so I think squad-wise, he's had... And money-wise, he's at the full backing and the best start out of the the three that we're discussing for sure. Yeah, he got the top four, and I think I think he won't get sacked if he gets top four this season. But I think if the money keeps rolling in, then definitely the following season he's got to do more than just four. But he hasn't won any trophies. Would give him more time. He has got a young team, and it does need time to work. The question is, will Roman give him the time? What do you think, Baron? So, <laughs> so uh, about Lampard not knowing about—is uh, it tactics? He's saying uh, he does—he's not—he's not got tactical nouse, uh, any tactical nouse or noose, <laughs> whatever they yeah. say. That. <laughs> <laughs> he's not tactically astute. I'll stand by those words. Go uh, on. I, I think I think I disagree with that. He's basically put Mount in the correct position which is uh, as as a number 8 next to next to Kante even with Werner on the wing which uh, I don't I don't particularly like prefer him playing in the, in the middle and uh, drifting wide when he pleases but he's put like Abraham in the middle they seem to work well together well I know we're not playing anyone uh, of huge quality at the moment but uh, the results keep coming and Kante playing in his correct position has made a huge difference again uh, 20 goals more than anyone in in the uh, in the league this season. Really? Um, showing his uh, yeah, showing his attacking uh, his attacking quality and flair. <laughs> wait 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 wait. 
20 goals more than any other team in no, the Premier League. I said they, went, they scored 20 goals, uh, um, which is the highest for any. <laughs> I thought you said 20 more than anyone else. That's no. what it sounded like. No, he's got 20 goals, which is the highest for uh, any Premier League team this season. Yes. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he sh- shored up the defence. I think it's uh, one goal conceded in the last six games. Mendy, Silva, Ben Chilwell, when they've played together, and, and Zuma. Just out of uh, curiosity, where were the team that you played last in the league? Where were they? Yeah, in the table. Uh, fourth. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who did you play last? Oh, sorry, um, uh, Sheffield United. <laughs> are they fourth, are they? <laughs> No, no, no. They're bottom of the league. They haven't, uh, they and before that, it was Burnley who were one above that, right? But you still need to, uh, you know... The tests are coming. Away. The tests are exactly. coming. Exactly. Um, so, so okay, wait, wait, wait. So we know where you're going with this. But if you were to give one criticism, do you have yeah. any? Do you have any criticism of what Frank Lampard's doing at Chelsea at the moment? Is there anything that you're not happy with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say the Werner. I would say, like, with, with Werner, putting him, him wide, and uh, I kind of don't really like that. It's, it's kind of risky as well. But I think if um, you look at, like, the top scoring players in the division in the last yeah. few years, most of them have been in this wide role. And Werner is not really a player that holds the ball up well, right? He's, he's in that yeah. category of the wingers, sort of, the way they hold the ball up. No, I, I agree with that. It's just the fact that... Um, fact that you then put Havertz or someone in the middle is it doesn't seem to work very well it seems a bit of a mess at, at times Ziek, what a uh, acquisition so you signed obviously as Dominic said 250 or plus mm. million pounds worth of talent who do you think is the best player from the players that you brought in okay best player I think uh, that, which that's signing such a, are you most happy with that's a pretty tough question that is <laughs> <laughs> that's a really tough question which no, signing are you tough. most he happy he wants to say all of them I, I, I'm going to say um, one uh, player Oh, one player, fuck. <laughs> I'd say um, Ziyech. I think Ziyech is... It, okay. Because uh, I agree with what Lampard said about having that little bit of quality that, that Chelsea needed. Seems like he's kind of saying yeah. that he's, he's, got, he's got that little bit of quality compared to everyone else in the, in the team. Um, okay. he's got, he plays with a bit of arrogance. So in, a, in, the, in the same way then, so if hmm. you had to pick, which one player do you think would be most likely to flop? Which one player do you think most likely to flop? From the new signing. <laughs> yeah, you think he's, he's setting me up? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you mine. I would be say objective. Havertz. Be objective. So Havertz is, is fantastic for the team. And one thing which, I really which like... Which one of your signings hasn't been incredible? <laughs> um, no, no, I was, I was going to get to that. <laughs> he's, he, he's tracking back and like working Wonderful. hard for the team. In terms of like, he's got already three assists, I think four goals in all competitions, I, I believe. He, he could do a lot more in terms of, like, his attacking quality. Kind of, we don't want him to be running around in midfield and um, and making slight tackles deep in his in his half. Okay, uh, so, so coming back to the, the real mm-hmm. question now, the big one. Yep. What is the minimum that Frank Lampard has to do to keep his job this season? Where would you be like that? He's, he's not done enough. Uh, okay, I get... Uh, what Dogmeat was saying about um, finishing in the top three as opposed to like the top four. However, top four is the minimum. It needs to be seen how many points he d- he has, how many losses he has, uh, rather than the position of the table. Because you never know. This could be a really freaking close season where the six teams could get a stupidly high number of points, but um, it could be the I difference. I think it's between. more likely to be the opposite when the league is more yeah. competitive. You look at last season. Yeah, uh, third and fourth place both had the lowest in the history of the Premier League. Yeah, but I think this this season will be a bit bit different. I reckon. I think that there's going to be more. I think it'll be. I think it'll be the similar. There's too oh, really? Many I think Liverpool results. won't have the runaway lead. I don't think any team is going to win by thirty points. Um, but I do think generally they'll be quite close. Yeah, I, I do. With with no fans at home games, I think that that's going to equal out a little bit more. You know, Villa. If we had fans and we lost 3-0 to Villa. But I think I could have seen that happen with fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, so there you have yeah, it. Four, four so, minimum. so to conclude then, if you were to give a rating out of Solskjaer, I'm going to go Baron then Tank. What's Solskjaer's rating out of 10? Seven. Ooh, that's quite Ta- high. Tank. <laughs> I'm going a lot lower. I don't think he's done enough with what he's got. I'm going to go for a four. 
Wow. Wow, that's a bit awful. That's that harsh. Okay, sorry. I'm just, sorry well, you all agreed with me that he's going to lose his job soon. So how can we have a seven out of ten? No, no, no. I'll give nah, him a six. I'm not. Say, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying. I'm not saying a seven. I'm saying I'm I'll, I'll say so far a six. But again, you're looking at Man United. Is six out of a ten good enough? Is seven out of ten good enough? So I'm going with. No, I'm going I, with I factored that in. I said he's got Man United. What did Man United expect? Is he achieving that or anywhere near it? And the answer is he's very, very far from it. I'd give him a seven. But I also think Man United's squad isn't isn't very good. Yeah, um, but he's had the money to fix that and windows. Well, he's, at, he's having the he's money. He's had 100 games. No, no bastard wants to fucking play for United now. If Arsenal... Let's be real. No, no, no. Let's be real, right? If Arsenal, eighth position, can sign Thomas Partey and Gabriel, then Man United can do that, being a Champions League team. They should, in theory. But there's also talk about Ed Woodward not getting deals over the line and Mourinho attested to that as well, right? I go with six out of ten there. All right. Uh, Mr. F- Mr. Mr. Frank Lampard, Baron. Eight out of ten. Tank? I'm going to go with seven out of ten. I think he's done his job. I don't think he's done more. I don't think he's done drastically bad. So I, th- I think he's done, done his job. I'd say seven. I, 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 would say, I would say seven out of ten also. I've got seven out of ten there written down. Um, okay, last but not least, Mr. Mikel Arteta, youngest Premier League manager currently. I'm going to give him a seven. I think he's, yeah, definitely a solid seven. For me, this is the hardest one. He obviously has had a lot less time. He's won two trophies with a team which is pretty poor by, you know, what we all said, conceding 40 shots to when, Norwich and everything. When you say a lot less time, what do you mean by a lot less time? Uh, he hasn't even had a full season yet. No, no, no. He's coming up to a year, right? L- Lampard's had, what, a year and a bit? Solskjaer, yeah, yeah. Officially, he's only had a year and a bit. So it's not really a lot of time. It's not as if Solskjaer and Lampard's had three, four years on him. You're talking They've about had a few year. windows. They've had a few windows. For me, he's he's had the hardest job of the three and the hardest to look good in. And he won two trophies. So I think overall you have to give him an eight. But I feel like that number could drop quite quickly this season. But we'll see. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And I've uh, I've gone with a uh, a seven point five just based on um, <laughs> squad. No, I actually have it on my on my paper. I've gone with a seven point five based on um, winning a trophy and doing what he has with current squad. But again, I think that could, in the next couple of weeks, could go down, could go up. It depends on if we start seeing a little bit more uh, substance. The point, okay. point five is how much you love your your club, that little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, out of all of the managers, he's won two trophies. He's inherited the worst squad. And had uh, the best points per the... game ratio. All right, guys, that concludes Sports Side. Thank you for your time, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us. No worries. Twitter, Twitter, YouTube, check us out.